Catholic commentary. Spiritual warfare. Stay ready so you don't have to get ready. Jesus 911. Soul Patrol Jesus 911. This is not Tobias and Sarah. This is not. Uh, Prisca Aquila, and Nicola. Aquila and Prisca. This, this is, is Jess and Anita Romero. Yes, we are back here in the saddle, ready to to be with our family and yeah. uh, dialogue yeah, you're on gonna, all you, things Catholic. You're going to like today's show. We're going to talk yes. about two saints that were engaged in spiritual warfare, deep spiritual warfare. And yes. then we're going to take some very thoughtful questions from the audience. People write very thoughtful questions and we give very thoughtful answers. So we're going to talk about those things as well. Yes, but and they all have to do with spiritual warfare. Absolutely, we've entered the month of September. Yes, yeah, September is de- devoted to Our Lady of Sorrows. Our Lady of Sorrows is my favorite month. Our Lady of Sorrows is a devotion given to us by Saint Bridget of Sweden. During this month devoted to Our Lady of Sorrows, we are invited to console the sorrowful heart of Mary and to not to unite our sufferings to hers, and by doing so, receive beautiful graces and consolation and strength. So, Liver Crystal teaches that it is helpful to do a novena to Our Lady of Sorrows, asking her to reveal any sins, vices, or generational spirits that may be plaguing a person or family line. So, according to the Church's tradition, because Our Lady went through different sorrows, uh, she merited different things. One of the things she merited while standing beneath the cross was the ability to reveal hidden things, and she knows them more than anyone else in heaven uh, save God because of her closeness to him. Our Lady yeah. of Sorrows, pray for, for us. my favorite month. And I, I, for this month, I do the uh, Seven Sorrows of Rosary, the Dolo Rosary, every day. So that's my commitment to this month. And then also today is the first Friday of the month, right? Uh, the month of September, in which uh, we honor the Sacred Heart of Jesus by attending Holy Mass and receiving mm-hmm. Holy Communion. That's what we did this morning um, before we ran into the studio. <laughs> so um, so what are, what are the, the promises that the Sacred Heart of Jesus uh, gave to St. Mary, Mag- Mary Ella Koch to give to us? Uh, those who honor the Sacred Heart, especially the first Friday of, the, of every month, and this is the ninth month, so we're looking at promise number nine. What is promise number nine? It, it is, I will bless the homes in which the image of my sacred heart shall be exposed and honored. Amen. So do, do you have an image or a statue of the sacred heart of Jesus? Uh, and, and if you do, is it in a prominent place in your home? Uh, that. The, the ninth promise is a very, it's a, such an easy condition to fulfill. So um, if you don't get one, get a statue, put in the prominent place of your home, and just uh, just always remind with a sacred heart. Jesse and I have had a sacred heart of Jesus since be, be, when we got married. And um, my mother-in-law gave it to us. And, and we do have an old picture where we have the sacred heart of Jesus behind us. So... Um, that's no coincidence that we have that there. Yep. Uh, nope. It's uh, like you can feel the protection. You can feel yeah. his, our Lord's eyes uh, falling all over the house, and and you just feel a sense of peace, right? Uh, knowing that the, the 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 face of Jesus, the Sacred Heart of Jesus, is in a prominent place in the home. Yes. Let's get right into Saint Gemma Golgani. Oh yes. She's uh, 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 she died very young, and this is from her diary. But talk about a woman 
uh, that went through a lot of spiritual warfare. This one came from the Magnificat a few days ago, and it says, Authority over the unclean spirits. So she died at the age of 25. She's called the Flower of Luca and the Daughter of the Passion. Mm-hmm. St. Gemma Golgani died in 1903. She had many mystical experiences. Yeah. She says, or, or the article says, mm-hmm. Authority over the unclean spirits. I went to bed. I slept and slept well over a quarter of an hour, for my sleep is always brief. I saw at the foot of my bed on the ground that usual ominous black creature, very black, very small. I knew who it was and said, have you begun again the business of not letting me sleep? And who is that black creature? The devil. The devil. Mm-hmm. He began to give me blows until he jumped up and suddenly, and suddenly enrolled on the ground. I do not know what happened, but I smiled, for I did not have any fear of him today. He said, Today I can do nothing to you, but I'll take care of you another time. I asked him, the devil, Why can't you? If you can do it other times, why can't you now? I know, I am the same, but I have Jesus, a relic of the cross, on my neck. That's what St. Gemma Golgana said to Satan. After this, I smiled at him, and he stood there, devoured with rage he told me that i would suffer all the more it doesn't matter i said i suffer for jesus in short i was much entertained by him i saw him very angry he was sworn to make me pay for it it happened again as usual i had gone to bed in fact i was asleep but the devil did not wish this he presented himself in a disgusting manner. Mm-hmm. He tempted me, but I was strong. Most likely sexual temptation. Mm-hmm. That's what it sounds yeah. like. Yes. I commended myself to Jesus, asking what he, uh, that he take my life rather than that, rather than have me rather than have me offend him. What horrible temptations those were! Afterward, he left me in peace, and the guardian angel came and assured me that I had not done anything wrong. I complained somewhat because I wished his help. I wished his help at such times, and he said that whether I saw him or not, he would be always above my bed. Well, that's a good consolation. Mm-hmm. Above my head. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the garden angels always yes, above, above his, her, of our, our heads, heads as well. Right, that's a promise. Right. Yeah. If we, um, especially at night, like we do, we, we, you know, we pray the garden angel prayer. So we call him specifically. Mm-hmm. And in the morning. Yep. So uh, also yesterday he promised that this is uh, St. Uh, Jim Galvani. Also, yesterday, he promised that in the evening, Jesus would come to see me. Yesterday evening, I waited for impatience, with impatience for the moment to go to my room. I took the crucifix and went to bed. I felt myself becoming recollected. Jesus came and stood by my side. What a beautiful moment those were. I asked him if he would love me always, and he replied with these words, My daughter... I have enriched you with so many beautiful things without any merit on your part. And you ask me if I love you. Finally, I commended a poor sinner to him. I ble- he blessed me and in going away said to me, Remember that I have created you for heaven. Wow. Such Jim a, Golgani, yes, pray for, for us. us. So consoling those words. Remember that I have created heaven, ha- created you for heaven. Here's another. Just remember that. Yeah, here's everyone. another story in the last couple of minutes that we have. Yeah. I heard this story probably about 20, 25 years ago uh, mm-hmm. by Chuck Colson. He gave a talk at Steubenville. Mm-hmm. It was called Radical Faith. 
And he gave it at Franciscan University of Steubenville. He was converting to the Catholic mm-hmm. faith before he died. Here's what he says. There was a monk in the 4th century after Christ. He lived in the cloister. He was all by himself studying. And one day he believed God said, go to Rome. And he said, Rome? Lord, I don't want to go to Rome. <laughs> I'm studying in this cloister. But he felt the irresistible call of God to go to Rome. And so he packed everything he had into a little satchel threw it over his shoulder, put on his habit, and started over the roads westward to Rome, over the dusty roads. When he got over to Rome, he discovered this excitement in Rome that day, people rushing about, and he asked, what's going on here? And they told him, this is the day of the games. This is when the gladiators come in to fight the animals, and when the gladiators fight each other, and people die for the glory of Caesar. He thought, Could this be why God wants me here? The little monk entered the arena and looked down and saw 80,000 people cheering as these huge gladiators were coming out saying, We die for the glory of Caesar. We die for the glory of Caesar. Hail, we die for the glory of Caesar. Telemachus said, This is not right. Four centuries after Christ died for our sins, this is not right. Mm -hmm. He went rushing down and jumped out into the middle of the arena And he began to shout in a squeaky voice, In the name of Christ, forbear, which means stop. And the crowd began to laugh and chant, Get that little guy off the field. A big gladiator came over and took the back of his sword and hit Telemachus in the stomach and sent him spinning off into the dust. The little monk dusted himself off and he ran back between the two gladiators and he said to them, and he said, In the name of Christ, forbear. And now the crowd began to chant, run him through, run him through, run him through. And a big gladiator ran a sword through the stomach of Telemachus and he fell into the dust. And the dust began to redden around him with his blood. And one last time with the last ounce of strength left, he said to the emperor, in the name of Christ, forbear, which means stop. In the upper tier, a man walked to the exit Within a matter of minutes, that whole amphitheater was cleared and empty. And it was the last known gladiatorial contest recorded in the history of Rome. You see that that's being a witness. Telemachus announced with his life the gospel of Jesus Christ. He was a witness. That is what it means when he says, I will make you fishers of men. It means I will make you my witnesses. That is the power of the cross of Christ, my friends. Rely on nothing else. Rely on nothing else. There is nothing but the cross of Mm -hmm. Christ. Mm -hmm. I promise you, everything else is hollow and empty. It is the cross of Christ. You can stake your life on it. Rely on nothing else. Mm -hmm. You can get up on Jesus' shoulders and he will lead you to safe waters. On Jesus' shoulders, you know that you're going to get to the other side. Mm -hmm. It is radical faith, but it is the only hope that any of us have in this sick and dying world. Repent, believe in the gospel, and trust in the cross of Christ. This is Jesus 911 with Jesse and Anita. Stay with us. Our Lady 
Jesus 911 with Jesse and Anita. This is wonderful. We just left the, uh, the first segment talking about two saints that... Uh, Amazing saints. Yeah, that were in spiritual warfare. They were in spiritual warfare. And you know that uh, Telemachus was saying, all those souls are going to go to hell if I don't stop this. You know, that was probably just an urgency in his heart to just tell people, stop, stop, stop. You don't know what you're doing yeah. to your soul. You're going to hell if you continue this this carnage. Right? Can you imagine how many people yes. are, have gone to heaven as a result of as what a result they saw? saw. 80,000 people right. saw him, mm-hmm. the emperor. The fact yep. that he stopped the gladiator fights with his actions. Mm-hmm. Imagine how many people now yep. are going to go to heaven because of that brave young, that brave monk. I don't know how old he was. I know Samuel Gemma Golani yeah. was young when she yeah. died. Yeah, absolutely. I totally agree with wow. you because that's why it stopped. Do you think it stopped because uh, it didn't? It stopped because oh no, oh, he told us to stop. No, because no, the emperor, there was probably a conversion. Yeah, the emperor this, was so moved by yes. what he saw, he wrote a decree, an ex- <clears throat> executive order. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and he said no more gladiator fights. He was just so moved by what he saw. Yeah. Hey, we got break. a lot. Of, we have a lot of smart people that send us yes, a lot of thoughtful questions. Yes, you all questions. are smart. Yeah. Hey, we, we got, got a smart lot. audience. Yeah, we do. We do. So let's start answering some questions. Yeah. So we always receive questions uh, through our emails, and and they're they're answered. So th- these are the most frequented asked questions. So this is a question we're gonna, I'm going to ask, and Jesse is going to go ahead, and we're going to answer that question for you. So one of the questions, the first question we're going to, um, that's asked is, what is wrong with Dungeons and Dragons? My son is meticulous. He states it's just a dice game. Mm, okay. So that's one of the questions that we get du- frequently. Dungeons and Dragons. Mm-hmm. There's uh, Dr. Thomas Radecki. He's a research director of the National Coalition on Television Violence. He's a practicing psychiatrist and a college professor. Dr. Radecki has psychologically evaluated Dungeons and Dragons and other fantasy role-playing games. Dr. Radecki has documented 123 cases of homicides and suicides for which he blames on Dungeons and Dragons. He's testified as an expert witness in eight murder trials in which Dungeons and Dragons was criminally implicated. Dr. Radecki claimed brutal murders, rapes, and crimes have been patterned after characters in in Dungeon Dungeon and Dragon players that they concoct in the game. Dr. Radecki cited one example in which a 19-year-old Utah boy boy choked, raped, and sadistically disposed of a 14-year-old girl as a result of playing D&D. Dr. Radecki surmised that the murder rapist who slaughtered evil evil female D&D characters to survive in the game was unable to distinguish fantasy from reality when he committed the heinous crime. Uh, m- many people argue that many people argue that D and D players who violate and slay people in real life are mentally unbalanced. Doctor Radecki responded that although D and D players are emotionally troubled from the start, most are honor students with brilliant wow. futures. That's Dr. Radecki pointed out that role-playing is a powerful teaching tool or, 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 or both positive, or should I say for both positive and negative behavior. Unfortunately, 
Fantasy role-playing games like Dungeons & Dragons encourage evil. They reward players with power points for casting curses and remorselessly slaughtering each other. Gary Jikax, inventor of Dungeons & Dragons, has protested that his creation is only a game. But Dr. Radecki responded that in the D&D manuals, Gary Jigax, the inventor of Dungeons & Dragons, he encourages players to become their characters and even uses Adolf Hitler as a role model of charisma. Furthermore, Radecki pointed out that the game discriminates against women, portraying them as erotic objects of lust and aggression. Dr. Radecki warned that many players lose the ability to distinguish between fiction and fact. He says children who play the game may be desensitized to violence in varying degrees and suggest they get help from a minister or counselor, or a priest in our case, Yeah, the sacraments. Dr. Radecki advises parents and grandparents to gently but firmly steer youngsters away from Dungeons & Dragons and similar fantasy role-playing games. Did you hear that? Similar fantasy role-playing games. I mean, the, the saints in the Bible have a lot to say about this yeah, stuff. Yeah, well, St. Saint, John Saint Vianney, he says, We must watch over our mind, our hearts, and our senses, for these are the gates by which the devil enters in. So a demon's traffic through our senses. So what does it say in Scripture? Matthew uh, chapter 6, verse 22 to 23, it says, The eye is a lamp of the body. So if your eye is sound, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is not sound, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light in you is darkness, how great is the darkness? Amen. Wow. That is. So the point of this passage is that much of our lifestyle is determined by how we use our eyes, right? Mm. What we choose to look at. What people see with their eyes shapes their soul because the eyes are the window to the soul. Mm. There you go. You mm. know, the eyes have a lot. That's the first senses that determine, you know, what's going to go into our soul because we could reject it. Yeah. Yes, you could. We could reject it at the moment. It's called taking custody of yeah. your eyes. So if you see something impure, you got to turn around. Yeah. You have to resist it. That's where the demon comes. Oh, you could do it. That's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. Everybody else is right? doing it. Everybody else is doing it. Oh, your brother does it. Why can't you? Yeah. You know, there's nothing wrong with you. You could go to confession. No, we have to fight it. That's where the spiritual battle is. That's where we battle every day. You know, something funny. I mean, I, I don't want to give demons any credit, yeah. but it is it is interesting that St. Catherine of Siena was told God, by God the Father mm-hmm. <laughs> that the demons, I guess, they, they take custody of their eyes. There's only oh, one, yes. only one sin. Demons, when they look at a sinning, they're just backflipping, yeah, partying, yeah, 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 rejoicing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. High-fiving. Yeah, high-fiving, <laughs> fist-pumping. There's only one sin that God the Father, in a book called The Dialogue to St. Catherine of Siena, he says, demons turn their eyes away so even they take custody of their, their eyes, eyes <laughs> yeah and it's it's the sin of sodomy uh, yep yep anything it's uh, imp- that's and it's important i heard my brother johnny i remember he used to tell me about a guy named zig ziglar years oh, ago yeah. he, he was a baptist christian motivational speaker yes and zig ziglar was fun, rest in peace he was fond of saying garbage in garbage out in other words we become what we experience through our senses Mm-hmm. I forgot, we met somebody and they told us about a Bible verse that they have under their TV. It was a good Catholic yeah. family we met somewhere. 
And I was moved when they told me this. Yeah, this is really interesting. Uh, it was Psalm, Psalm 101. It said, I will walk with integrity of heart within my house. I will not set before my eyes anything that is base. Which I hate nasty. Yep. I hate the work of those who fall away. It shall not cleave to me. Close quote. Whoa. So I know Catholic homes where this verse is put on a sign underneath their television, right? We, yeah. So yeah. this is really good. I mean, this is yeah. what what we call taking custody of your senses, your eyes, your home, taking hmm. taking charge of your spiritual walk because the television can really lead you to uh, to darkness. Yes. Because there's very what, what did uh, uh, Saint um, um, uh, the uh, said about Elizabeth, the, Elizabeth uh, Ann Seton. Seton. Yeah, she said about the television. She know, said demons, demons will, will come, come through the television, television into the home. Yep, through yeah. a box. Yeah, so, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, uh, let Let me go here to Father Ripperger in his book, The Science of Mental Health, mm-hmm. on page 535. He says, the directees, these are patients of spiritual affliction or possessed people in Ergamums. He says, the directees must be sure to avoid not only sinning themselves, but of watching the sins of others. So we're talking about D&D, Dungeons and Dragons. Mm-hmm. By viewing the sins of others, for example, watching someone commit fornication on TV or killing someone in a graphic fashion on TV, they provide the sense data for the demons to make suggestions to them by forming images in their wow. imagination. That's deep. That's deep. In fact... The more programs one watches on television that are base, of course, mm-hmm. the more demons can influence a person's actions since they have more data to use. The more we become familiar with the imagery of sin, the easier it is for demons to coax us into sinning because we've lost our inhibitions with respect to sin because we are comfortable with it. Wow. This is why Father Ripperger, he's the exorcist, teaches possess people under his care before he does an exorcism over them that they must engage in sensory deprivation. No media, no phone, no internet, no computer. For 60 days before he starts the rite of exorcism over them. Doesn't that make sense, sense, though? It absolutely makes yeah. sense because that's what happens. Everything's coming at us. we got to you know, slow down, slow stop down, it, stop it, and 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 minimize that. Yeah, it's majorly, uh, majorly. Yeah, <laughs> Anita. In fact, be, Father Ripperger is just on point because there's other yes. studies that we've seen out there mm-hmm. where it actually says uh, social media, especially the a lot of it, like a lot of young people, they don't yeah. just they don't stop. Yeah, it causes uh, depression. Yes, it does. It causes yes. anxiety, and yes. so Father is absolutely. He, he sees this as an exorcism, yeah. and he's saying no. Uh, it's it, sometimes you have to disconnect. You have to disconnect because you're seeing, you're looking at people. Oh, well, their hair is better than mine. Oh, yeah. they have a better car, and yeah. then, and then, how come I don't have that? So you're comparing there what they have, but remember, theirs is just a fleeting moment. Yeah. Father Gabriel Amorth, uh, rest in peace, died in 2016. Rome's exorcist in his mm-hmm. book, an exorcist explains the demonic. He also talks about why it's dangerous watching horror films. But we're talking about D&D, but this still applies what he says. What what does he say? Yeah, Father Gary Morthy says, I oppose the viewing of horror films, and I advise people, particularly the young, not to patronize them. If the demon's mission is to tempt man, then viewing these films, which tend to normalize brutal situations, particularly 
where the demon is the protagonist, can seriously upset fragile minds and stir others to sadistic emulation. Why voluntarily subject oneself to evil temptations? That's true. I must admit, however, based on my knowledge and experience, that the viewing of these films does not directly cause extraordinary spiritual ills. That's possession. If anything, patronizing such films may influence a person to procure them indirectly or induce them to give himself over to occultism. You know, I, you know, reading this just reminds me, I know when we started dating, we used to watch horror films at the beginning, mm-hmm. and then after a while we said, why I'm are we doing this? Myself. Why are we scaring ourselves? Because this stuff stays in our mind. And this was early on. We were yeah. in our 20s, early yes. 20s. And I just, I, I remember this, our conversation on this. And at that point, we're over. It's yes, done. We're, we're, done. Done. We're, we're done. We're done with these types of movies. And I'm glad. Just imagine how many uh, images would be in our mind yeah. now that we're 60. Exactly. That was 40 years ago almost. Hey, I hear the music. Here oh, she yeah. comes. Here comes our lady. The mother of the Savior. Yes. Ora pro nobis. Hey, next we're going to talk about Ghost Hunter Team. We got a good question on Ghost Hunter Team. Yes. Stay tuned. Stay with Jesus 901 with Jesse and Anita. A mystical rose. Your beauty and your grace are the bright new dawn. Our Lady of Guadalupe, pray for us. you hold us in your Spiritual Warfare Show with Jesse and Anita. Yes, Our Lady of Sorrows, Ora. But oh, no beast. Thank you for staying with us. This if, is her month, the Faith Family. Yes. We love Friday show. Oh, yes, we do. It's yeah. just, just a fun time and just to ease in the weekend. Yeah. You know, but don't. But but we're going to give you guys heavy stuff. Don't absolutely. Think, don't think we're going to be giving you kindergarten spiritual warfare. Yep, absolutely. We need to challenge you, challenge your mind. Yeah, and, we need to stretch. And challenge yeah. your most of all, challenge your spiritual yeah. life. Are St- you praying? Stretch our understanding. Yeah, that's our focus to get closer to living a state of grace. Uh, I think the list, I'm gonna, I want to do something for the audience that okay. all of us should be doing. Uh, there's a there's a prayer. Okay, let's do it. Yeah, there's a prayer called the prayer against evil. Okay, and it's a prayer that we should be pra- adding to our morning prayers because it it really covers everything. Mm-hmm. It's in my book, uh, "Prepare My Hands for Battle." It's in Father Ripperger's book. It's in a lot of people's books. It's called "Prayer Against Evil." Mm-hmm. It goes like this: Name of the Father, Son, Son and the, the Holy, Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. Amen. Almighty God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, most holy Trinity, Immaculate Virgin Mary, angels, archangels, and saints of heaven, descend upon me. Please purify me. Lord, mold me. Fill me with thyself and use me. Banish all the evil forces of evil from me. Destroy them, vanquish them, so that I do thy holy will. Banish from me all spells, witchcraft, black magic, malefice, ties, maledictions, and the evil eye diabolical infestations, oppressions, possessions, all that is evil and sinful, jealousy, perfidy, envy, physical, psychological, moral, spiritual, diabolical ailments, cast into hell all the demons, these, all the demons working these evils, that they may never again touch me or any other creature in the entire world. I command and bid all the powers who bless me by the power of God Almighty, in the name of Jesus Christ, our Savior, through the intercession of the Immaculate Virgin Mary, 
to leave me forever and to be consigned into the everlasting hell. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. It's in the Laudate app, too. It's called Prayer Against Evil. It's a good prayer for the morning just to start the day off. It's a patriarchal and matriarchal prayer. Everybody can pray that prayer in relation to themselves to drive out demons. Yeah, because you don't know what your day is going to be like. And And we're all going to be attacked. You know, it's... it's, Get used to it. It's an unpredictable uh, 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 event in your life. (laughs) Okay. Talk about ghost hunters. Okay, yeah. Next so question. Let's, what's our next question? Okay, this question is, there are many ghost hunter teams, and they televise them and their activity. They go into haunted houses with cameras and tape recorders and other gadgets. What's wrong with what they're doing from a Catholic perspective? Are they putting themselves in harm's way? So this is a very good question, <laughs> because if you can go on cable, there's all these... There's Just at least 15 shows. Paranormal that investigators and Haunted shows. House. And, yes, and, and, uh, and they're going to go there and Paranormal activity. That's their, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's their goal. And, and, and I mean, the, some of the stuff that they use, it's funny when I see them. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because these, they these, are funny. these paranormal investigators, mm-hmm. they'll, they'll use uh, like a thing called an Olympus digital voice recorder. I guess <laughs> they want to record the demons. They yeah, want to talk to them and record mm-hmm, them, mm-hmm. you know. They They'll, need to be in an exorcism. There, what, it's right what, there. What else do they also use? <laughs> they use a camera. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they want to snap a picture. a picture. They also use what's called an electromagnetic field, an mm-hmm. EMF detector, to try to detect demons. Yep. Another demon detector that they use is what? A laser grip infrared thermometer. Looks like a little gun. Yeah. So I guess yeah, it looks like the guns that you use for in the market. You know to. Scan your your yeah. your food or your product. And, That's and, what it and, looks and, like. And they they feel that they can detect demons <laughs> I, I with know these guns. Chick, chick. <laughs> yeah, they also use the, the portable portable home securities. These are motion sensors to try to find the demans in the house. Yeah. Uh, uh, they have a binary response device. Device. What's that? Uh, I don't know. What it's, that's a, it's a it's a tool of some sort. Yeah. Yeah. That uh, investigators can ask suspected demons simple oh, okay. questions and, and allegedly receive answers <laughs> through this device. Uh, then they also have a, a, go, a, a SB11 ghost, ghost box. box. Yeah. So this ghost box. You can buy all that in Amazon. Yeah. <laughs> it's a catch-all term for a device used to verbally communicate with spirits. Yeah. Who'd want to do that? Unbelievable. I want to communicate with the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so let, let me let me just answer the question. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the reason a lot of these young guys do this, first of all, they're secular humanists. They're not men yeah. of faith. Mm-mm. And because they're this ghost hunters, this is all based on curiosity. Yes. The curiosity on the creature and not the creator. Mm-hmm. They're curious about, you know, things in this world. Not that they're not curious about God. And it's fixated on the phenomena of, mm-hmm. wow, evil spirits, haunted house. We mm-hmm. can talk to them. So they're fixated on the phenomena, but they're not fixated on a solution. Mm-hmm. Remember, demons can traffic through technology. In fact, Anita may do a, a prayer over our computer before we do the Friday show. Mm-hmm. Because demons can impact technology. This is something that's taught by exorcists. Uh, curiosity is the opposite of studiosity. Studiosity mm-hmm. is a good thing, according to St. Thomas Aquinas. Mm-hmm. Studiosity is the quality of being studious. And St. Thomas distinguishes this between the two in the Summa, between curiosity, which is these ghost hunters. They're doing this because they're curious, and that's dangerous. Yes. Think about Eve. Her curiosity mm-hmm. uh, led her to fall and to cause her husband to fall. 
and the fall of the human race as well. That was because of her curiosity. St. Thomas says, he clearly states that curiosity is a vice. Usually the distinction and blurring of lines lies in one's vocation and apostolic works. Plus, studiosity is not knowledge for the sake of knowledge, but the right ordering of a pursuit of knowledge. He also noted that the, the pride of knowledge, when its pursuit becomes detached from truth. Think about <clears throat> academia, anybody? <laughs> so when we bump up against evil in our research, we must stay focused on the truth of Jesus Christ and the salvation of souls and not give in to the curiosity of evil itself or ghosts or spirits. Mm -hmm. That is why the demon will often bait us to go deeper into this, into this or that evil, especially out of curiosity. Yes. Like, Anita, what are you some know, you of were, the... Yeah. You were also uh, oh, yeah. um, on a show that... Uh, yeah, go, some ghost yes, hunter show. Ghost hunter show. They, they called wanted, me up. Yeah, they called him because they wanted to um, just they profile him on book, his yeah. interview. Yeah, The Devil in the City of Angels. So um, tell him a little bit about what happened. I spent a whole hour. That was, that was interesting. Yeah, and, and these guys were young. I think they're like Protestants. Most of them mm -hmm. were secular. But they were using all these gadgets, a, you know, a ghost box, a binary <laughs> response device, a portable home security, an acticity, a laser yep. grip, a electromagnetic field detector, a, a Canon power shot camera, and an Olympic digital voice recorder. They were using all this. And I was basically taking them to school and saying, what you need is a rosary, holy water, blessed salt, a prayer book, and to live in a state of grace. Yep. And then I was telling them, you guys don't have an authority. Number one, by talking to demons, mm -hmm. you guys are opening yourself, opening yourselves up to possession. They were, they never heard that before. And they never heard any uh, somebody, mm -hmm. somebody that they had invited as a guest say something like that to them. And I say, by the way, those the equipment that you guys used it has no power against demons to drive them out. Mm -hmm. You guys are falling into the sin of curiosity, which is what got even in a, in big trouble. Uh, in fact, uh, I think we know many people that are on exorcism teams right now actively around the country. And many of our friends on exorcism teams tell us that many of these ghost hunter members have become actual cases of possession and have sought the recourse of a Catholic exorcist. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know, these um, going back to the to the 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 equipment that they use, wouldn't you think they would if they decided one day to just not turn away from this curiosity and then turn to God, obviously, wouldn't you think they would have to just smash these equipments because they, it, absolutely the demon can still come through those the you know, and the uh, demons are call them, them and they'll, yeah. there's a cure. Oh, yes. Oh, did you hear that? Did you hear that? And they would guard that equipment. So for those people that, that have, this equipment. have this equipment, you need to destroy yeah. it. BBB. B -B you must break, break it. it bury it and then bless it do a prayer as you're as you're burying it yes do a, a prayer of decommission lord mm -hmm. if there's any evil spirits attached to this device that have infected me lord yep. i decommission uh, this device in the name of the father son, son and holy, holy spirit, spirit. pour blessed water on yes. it and cover it in a hole bury it yep. so you break it you bury it and then you bless it. B, 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 if you have any of these devices at home. Yeah, if you have any of the devices, just get rid of them. Anita, but what are some of the ways that we can actually drive out demons, uh, the Catholic ways that are tried and tested yeah. that we know of that's been happening for the last 2,000 years in the church? Okay, well, one of the ways uh, Monsignor John Essif says 
use the sacred heart enthronement to drive out the demons from houses. And and what a co- not a coincidence. God incidence that today is the first Friday where we honor the sacred heart of Jesus. That's when you do the enthronement. So when you get that picture, when you get our picture of our Lord, uh, of that beautiful picture, uh, you put in your heart and you do the sacred heart enthronement. The man leads it, yes. by the way. Yeah. Okay? If you are a woman and, and the family you, are, follows. you are the only you are widow, divorced, or you're the only one in that, you're the, the head of household, yeah. then you lead it, right. mother. Um, yes. So, and what's the other way? Uh, An- another way that, uh, that demons flee Dying mm-hmm. souls, mm-hmm. specifically dying souls, is uh, the Divine Mercy Chaplet. Yes. When yes. you pray the Divine Mercy Chaplet in the presence of somebody who's sick and dying, and get them to pray it with you, that'd be op- that's optimal. If there's any demons present, Saint Faustina says that they flee a dying soul uh, when the Divine Mercy is prayed by them or mm-hmm. prayed over them by somebody. Yes. Yeah, that's important. Yeah, yeah. A- another important uh, uh, spiritual warfare tool is the power, just the image of the Sacred Heart of, of Jesus. Jesus. Yeah, there's there's many promises. Yeah, of, the twelve uh, prom- the, promises. Yeah. It, I, it, Jesus says, "I'll bless my, any home where my Sacred Heart is honored." Mm-hmm. Well, what's the op- opposite of bless? A demon wants to curse your home. Yes. Jesus wants to bless your home. Yes. So the promise of the Sacred Heart of Jesus, having that enthroned somewhere in their home. That's going to drive these demons batty. It's going to drive them out of the house. And I think we've been we've because of our fidelity to our the Sacred Heart of Jesus. Our our home has been has benefited from these blessings. And um, thank you, Jesus. Not not because of us, but because you know our love for Christ. Yeah. Another way to drive demons out of the house is consecrate your house to Mary every evening. We yes. do this every evening. Every evening. We do we a consecration prayer to Our Lady. It's out of my book, Lord, Prepare My Hands for Battle. Every evening we consecrate a house to Mary. Yes, every evening. And speaking of Mary. Here she comes. Yes. What up, Renaldi? giving us a holy pause. Hey, we're going to talk about acupuncture next. Yes. Acupuncture. We are back, Jesus 911. With Jesse and Anita. It's not Tobias and Sarah. Nope. Yeah. <laughs> it's not Prisca and uh, Aquila and Prisca. Nope. It's uh, two sinners that are trying to become saints, Jess Absolutely. and Anita. Yeah, thank you, Jesus. Just... Yeah, this, yeah, this is Jesus 911 show. We're talking thoughtful questions from the audience, and we take our time answering them, yeah. doing a deep dive into them. Yeah. And, and uh, oh, by the way, on the last segment, we talked about. Uh, the ghost hunters. Ghost hunters. Yes. The, the last thing I would mention is also something very effective for Catholics is the Epiphany blessing. I think we did a whole show on it. We'll, yes. We'll have to revisit we that. that. Mm-hmm. That's done annually. That's done by, by the by the husband of the house uh, leads the the, the the father the the family in prayer, puts chalk over the doorpost of the house, and it's a beautiful paraliturgy that protects the house from evil spirits for one year. Yes. Okay. So let's uh. Let's we'll start with our our last question. Yep. So. Here's the question. I wanted to know what is the Catholic Church's stand on acupuncture? I hear different things and it conflicts with each other. Please advise. This okay. is this is a common question. Yeah, it is a common question because people are not sure is it, you know, is it uh, falls under the Hindu 
right. uh, religion or is it uh, safe for any Catholic to do? Uh, oh, it's a lot of questions. I'll tell you who did a good job on this. Uh, Susan Brinkman, who, who yes. uh, she writes for Jeanette Bonkovic, uh for the for women of grace, she's one of her her writers, uh, especially on on spiritual warfare topics, and she's a she she's a very solid uh, thinker, a very solid uh, Catholic when it comes to spiritual warfare. She wrote the following about acupuncture: Is it acceptable for Catholics? She says, in July 1971, while accompanying Henry Kissinger to China, the New York Times columnist James Reston had an emergency appendectomy. Afterward, at the anti-imperialist hospital in Peking, China, doctors treated his pain with a traditional form of Chinese medicine known as acupuncture. He says this, I was in considerable discomfort, if not pain, during the second night after the operation. Uh, Reston wrote shortly after his return to the United States. He says, Li Chang Wan, doctor of acupuncture at the hospital, with my approval, inserted three long, thin needles into the outer part of my right elbow and below my knees, and manipulated them in order to stimulate the intestine and relieve the pressure and distension of the stomach. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, Dr. Lee lit two pieces of an herb called I, AI, which looked like the burning stumps of a broken cheap cigar, and held them close to my abdomen while occasionally twirling the needles into action. Well, this took about 20 minutes, during which I remember thinking that it was rather, uh, it was a rather complicated way to get rid of gas in the stomach <laughs> but there was noticeably there was a noticeable relaxation of the pressure and distension within an hour and no recurrence of the problem thereafter close quote <laughs> so many people in the medical field including the National Institutes of Health the NIH believe that event is what precipitated what is now a 20-year surge of interest in acupuncture in the United States. A report from a consensus development conference on acupuncture held at the NIH in 1997 stated that acupuncture is being widely practiced by thousands of physicians, dentists, acupuncturists, and other practitioners in the U.S., according to the largest and most comprehensive survey of complementary and alternative medicine in use by American adults, the 2002 National Health Institute survey, quote, an estimated 8.2 million U.S. adults had used acupuncture at some time, and an estimated 2.1 million U.S. adults had used acupuncture in the previous year. So. There you go. How many people are more gravitating to acupuncture? Right. Mm -hmm. How does acupuncture work? The Chinese theory behind acupuncture as a medical treatment is very different from the kind of acupuncture used in Western medicine. Traditional Chinese acupuncture is based on the theory that the body is a delicate balance of two opposing and inseparable forces, yin and yang, says the NIH website for complementary and alternative medicines. Yin represents the cold, slower passive principle well, yang represents the hot, excited, or active principle. It goes on to explain that the Chinese believe health is, is achieved by maintaining the body in a balanced state. Now, that makes sense to me right there, that, that sentence. And that the disease is caused by an, an internal imbalance of yin and yang. 
Now, we'd probably call it a disorder in the West. Mm-hmm. Or in, yeah, an imbalance. We wouldn't call it yin and yang. Yeah. <laughs> uh, this imbalance leads to blockage in the flow of qi energy along pathways known as meridians, according to the NIH website. It is believed that there are 12 main meridians and eight secondary meridians, and that there are more than 2,000 acupuncture points on the human body that connect with them. Okay, I don't know if this is science, but this is what the NIH has on their website. Chinese practitioners believe that by inserting extremely fine needles into those points in various combinations, a person's energy flow may be rebalanced, thus allowing the body's natural healing mechanisms to take over. Because there is no anatomical or other physically verifiable basis for the existence of acupuncture points, uh, key, or meridians, the Western version of acupuncture is not based on the concept of yin and yang, but on neuroscience. Today, science believes acupuncture may work in three ways. By releasing endorphins, which makes sense to me, which are part of the body's natural pain control system, by stimulating nerves in the spinal cord that, re- that release pain-suppressing neurotransmitters, that makes sense to me, and by naturally occurring increase in blood flow in the needle puncture area, which removes toxic substances. Mm. And what's the origin of acupuncture? Well, the word acupuncture is derived from the Latin acus, meaning needle, and pungere meaning prick. The origins of the Chinese acupuncture are uncertain. There is some archaeological evidence of its practice during the Han Dynasty. That was around 202 B.C. to 220 A.D. With the first mention of it a century earlier in the Yellow Emperor's, quote, classic of internal medicine, end quote. A history of an acupuncture that was completed around 305 B.C. However, Hieroglyphics dated back, dating back to 1000 BC wow. have been found what may be an indication that acupuncture was in, in use much earlier. There is also some speculation surrounding the discovery of Otzi, a 5,000-year-old mummy with over 50 tattoos on his body. Some indicated an established acupuncture points. So I think the, the bottom line of the question is, can Catholics use it? The Western form of acupuncture, which is based on science and not Taoism, is acceptable for use by Christians. However, the traditional Chinese acupuncture belief system is not compatible with Christianity. That, there, this, there's, yeah, there's this a is difference the cash value. right there. Yeah, this is the whole article yeah, right here, that right. sentence. Yeah. The, Say the pen. I think you need to repeat it yeah. again. because The people... Western form of acupuncture, yeah. which is based on science, remember trying to get the endorphins to, to trigger is based on science and not Taoism is, is acceptable for use by Christians however the traditional Chinese acupuncture where they also you know do their, the, the their prayers their and, prayers and mantras yeah, yeah that belief system is not compatible mm-hmm. with Christianity the philosophical thinking behind acupuncture comes from Taoism and the concept of yin and yang and of being at one with the forces in the universe through meditation. Okay, so that's not compatible. Mm-hmm. The, the Irish Theological Commission, Commission wrote in 1994 in his document in a Catholic response to the New Age movement. New Age phenomenon. Uh, New Age phenomenon. Mm-hmm. 
Christians believe man is the union of body and soul and that the soul is an essential form, not an energy force. Mm-hmm. The belief that one can meditate meditate and be at, at one with the forces of the universe is based on pantheism. The belief that the universe, God and nature are all equivalent. So that's not allowed by the Catholic faith. Okay. Yeah. Define at, pantheism. Pantheism. God is in everything and everything it. is in God. Yep. God is in everything and everything mm-hmm. is in God. At present, there are many unlicensed practitioners who may be practicing a blended version of Western and Chinese acupuncture. Yes. So the, the quote, the new age movement has no difficulty with acupuncture because it accepts the Eastern philosophy behind it. End quote. The Theological Commission said, quote, but what about Christians? Can they accept the help and not be affected by its, by its religious context? Many believe they can. The general principle in this matter is that these practices are not bad in themselves and disassociated from their original context, can be practiced by Catholics with due discretion. Yeah, without the chants, without the incantations, without the mantras, just the pure science of it, absolutely. Right, and you got to make sure when you go, uh, don't be praying. Uh, uh, don't pray over me. Yeah, tell you know, them. Tell them. Tell them. Yeah, tell Are you got, Do you do? Uh, is there some religious uh, ritual that you do? Don't say when it. you start uh, no. doing uh, putting the needles in me. If there is, I'm out of here. Yeah, that's what you got to do. Tell them. Don't pray over me. And then, as as they're doing that, that's demonic transference. Yeah, as right there. As they're do, as they're doing it. Yeah, the, the acupuncture. You should be praying. I would. Yes. I would just be quietly praying the rosary, the divine mercy. I would do yeah. a binding prayer. Yes, I think, and we should prepare ourselves, even with the regular doctor. Yeah. I mean, in general, yeah. we as Catholics, before we go to a doctor, start praying for that doctor. Praying for yes. your health. Start praying that 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 uh, the Lord protects you from a diabolical affliction, yeah. from any transfers, yeah. because you don't know these doctors. You don't know their right. their background, who they're from. Yeah. and so. Father Lawrence Gessie, the cult consultant for the Archdiocese of Baltimore, rest in peace, and a leading, he was an old, he was an exorcist and author of, on the occult from the Catholic Church. He says, those seeking an acupuncturist should make sure the person who's doing the acupuncture is medically licensed. Yeah, don't go to a witch. Yeah. Don't, don't go to some shaman. Yeah. According to the Mayo Clinic website, there are about 3,000 medical doctors in the U.S. who use acupuncture as part of their clinical practice. No mm, individual needs to resort to a new age practitioner in order to enjoy the benefits of acupuncture. Yeah. Those who are into the Chinese God concept of acupuncture usually, usually have charts up or will talk about gods and energy levels. Father Gessie says these people are channeling. Yes. The needle becomes their channel from the source of the energy of the gods into that person. And those gods, by the uh, way, are demons. demons. <laughs> That's exactly what we're talking about. Yep. Here's, here's the point of it, the cash value. Acupuncture works without the religious component yep. and is a much better bargain for Christians because it, it, comes all, it comes with all the benefits but none of the spiritual risks. And do your research before you go to an acupuncturist. Yeah, make sure, your research, make sure he's make a sure. Western guy that yes, doesn't do any guy. praying. Yes, right. And you should be praying when you get well, in there. Well, that's a wrap. Jesus 911. It's We're over. Done. Wow, this went by. Love you, family. Fast. Love you. God bless you. And have a wonderful uh, days off. Yes. Um, by <laughs> the, the weekend. way, St. Father Pio says, <laughs> pray, hope, Friday. and don't worry. Worry is useless. God is merciful and will hear your prayer. Up next, Gary Machuda. Hands on apologetics. Hey, let's pray America great again. God bless you. Have a great weekend. Keep the faith.